Skunk it. Cinema's back. Cinema is back in Britain. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because it's not back like everywhere else. Right no. Now, is it? Well, I, I mean, think... it's. It, I guess it's subject to availability. It's subject to what kind of risk you're willing to put yourself at. Yeah. Or if if, if you're in some sort of lockdown, or if you're if you're in the heart of Australia, I hear that there's there's no there's no sort of yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. It's not even the blades of grass are off limits for you. Sadly, they te- they they still cannot experience new mutants like or tenet after yeah uh, but no but like new mutants you know the film that's been fucking advertised since 2017 (laughs) and they still can't quite see it um what we doing here today scott morrison we're gonna well we've been to the cinema we've been to the cinema we went to the cinema first time since march what was the last film you saw oh before the lockdown uh the hunt the hunt and mine was downhill yep both in my opinion, even though I didn't see your one, bad movies, I can just tell. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, so the cinemas have reopened in the UK, and so you and I... We're going to save cinema. You and I have put ourselves at risk <laughs> to go and see the two... I would say these are the two releases that yeah. like, they're trying to... They're trying to bring us There's back. other releases, but they're not pushed. These yeah. are the two ones we're pushing. And you can go see, you know, you could go see Jurassic Park and, like, the Karate Kid and stuff. It's like, well, I mean, you know, I might also get a deadly disease. Yeah. <laughs> I've got them on DVD. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we recently have been to see both Tenet and the New Mutants. Yeah. New Mutants much more recently. Yeah. So, hopefully we still have... I mean, yeah, hopefully there's still... I still have, like, a lot to say about Tenant. I haven't really thought about it too much yeah. since you saw it, but I'm going to try. But New Mutants definitely are, like, fresh in our minds. Someday. Yeah. So we're going to use our extraordinarily large platform because <laughs> we're, does... we are influential people and we're going to encourage you to come back to the cinema. Come back. Knowing the two films that are out there for you to go see. <laughs> and hopefully, to, for us, those two films are going to be really easy to pitch to you, the feared public who don't want to <laughs> leave their seats and watch and leave Netflix to go, oh, I was watching The Cobra Kid. Uh, that, I was fine with that. Yeah. And, but no, 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 no. We, we're going to encourage you to come back to the theatres. But you know, what the theatres are saying to you as well, guys, if you don't come out, no new mutants for you. <laughs> There'll be old mutants by the time you come out. Um, I get like, do you want to talk about like your like the you know the cinema experience right. as it stands right now? Well, my first come back to the cinema, it was I went, uh, it was dead. But then I did go at ten o'clock on a Monday morning, which I think right now is like that's the time to go. Yeah, is if you can go early. Go early, I would think. And I went, I I went to Sinworld. I think it's worth coming out because I think that oh, other cinemas are available. Other cinemas are available, and I'm sure they're all doing very similar things to Sinworld. I think Sinworld's safety precautions were um, good. I think they 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 work. They when you book it, it um, takes away the seats around what mm. you book, so that you are definitely like not sitting next to anyone. It's Every other row you can sit at, so there's nobody sat in front of you, uh, and nobody's coughing on your back of your head. That was something I noticed in New Mutants. Right. Was like, 
how little noise there was from anyone in the yeah. audience. Did you find that as well? Yes, there wasn't very much noise like, at all. Not a single cough. Hmm. Nothing. <laughs> not a, not even like a throat clear from anyone. Just like dead fucking silence. Which I think is like that must surely be a product of this. It's because like yeah. you you don't want to be because you, you know you cough in the cinema. That's so amplified, <laughs> and already like coughing is frowned upon. So like you don't want to suddenly be sat in this room that you know you're in for two hours and hear someone violently coughing <laughs> in the background. Um, because yeah, then that like that in my opinion would be more scary than the movie we watched. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, it's it all seems like pretty good. It's weird as fuck. Mm, like definitely. But yeah, once you're sat down, it's just you're just in. The, it's just the cinema yeah. again. It's just. Did you miss again. the cinema experience? The the uh, the blacked out room, the big screen. Did you miss it all? I think, I. It's hard because I did. I miss going to see movies in the cinema like big time. That's my whole jam. I'm never happier than when I'm at the cinema seeing whatever bullshit they're trying to get us to come watch this time which is why you know we've been to see these movies <laughs> although tenet is not technically bullshit we just think it's a bit shit <laughs> but, um, spoilers spoilers but um the thing the thing is is like yeah it's good right now because like i'm sat far away from people which regardless of coronavirus always a big advocate for that like whenever i've booked seats for the cinema i always try to get like a position where we're not going to be around people because hmm. i have a little should i give away the seat the cine world secret Ooh. am i allowed to give away like company secrets oh i don't know they, they might come after you they might come after me i'm gonna give it away oh cares right here's a little tell secret us. we're trying to save cinemas here so here's a little us. company secret about cine world right as someone who used to work there and this can help you book seats where you're you know you're more likely to be further away from people. Okay, so at Sony World, in every single screen, they will leave, or I think every single screen minus like the really small ones, in which case they'll probably leave one row, but they will leave two sets of four seats somewhere in the cinema, right? And that is for in case there's any kind of like issue with bookings, if someone's double booked, like, you know, anything like that, they can then move you to these seats. Like they have empty seats that they can guarantee to move you to, right? So obviously, if you're going to see fucking Force Awakens on opening night, won't make a difference. Like, you're not going to know when you go on the booking screen, like, you're not going to know what seats those are. But if you're going to see, like, Tenet at 10 o'clock in the morning, and there's basically no seats booked, but there's, like, two rows of four that are booked, that is not some family of four on their big day out. Those are the free seats. So you just book the seat next to it, and then you bloody sit in those seats. So if you book like, so say the aisle is like one, two, three, four, you book the seat next to that, so the fifth one, but then you just sit on the aisle seat. And then you're guaranteed to have four spaces between you and the next person. How fucking good is that shit? That's good shit. That's a little company secret from someone who used to work at World. I hope I'm allowed to talk about that. Don't sue me. <laughs> I actually think it mentions it recently in that when, when I booked uh, World tickets, I think it actually mentioned that there's four sort of um, safety seats I can't remember why but it said something like 
oh, you you won't have anybody booked next to you unless you book next to the uh, four safety seats or something. I think they actually mentioned it now, so I don't think it's a company oh. secret anymore. Okay. So I'm not spilling the beans. Yeah. Basically, but they'll still come after you. Yeah, well, they've got resources. Worried. There's like a red dot appears like in the flat. Like, get down! <laughs> it's actually a red star. Yeah. <laughs> Like the Sin World Loke, I had to explain. It just it. gets like singed yeah. into your head. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think the weirder part was like going to like the Starbucks yeah. in the City World like beforehand, and it's just desolate. Like they've taken the fucking two meter distance and thing to like a whole new level. Like there's literally they've left like in this giant ass Starbucks, they've left about four tables. Wow, um, which is pretty hilarious. Uh, but again, it's like. I didn't like being around people before the virus. So in a in a way, you're thriving. Well, this is the thing. You're, should... you're glad people died. <clears throat> Not glad people died. It's a horrible disease, right? And I, I, you know, anyone who died, my, my thoughts of my thoughts of prayers, they're all with you. But as someone who doesn't like being around people, this has been a bit of a blessing. Like I've been to the pub a couple of times. Have you been to the pub, Danny? Yes, I have. It's fucking great. It's beautiful. Because you're guaranteed to be sat far away from people. And people aren't allowed to get up. They're not allowed to be running around doing their stupid thing and being annoying. He's got to <laughs> sit at the table. And I'm like, I like this. Order. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan. You'd have been happy in a fascist state. There's about to be a very loud siren go past the window, I'm pretty sure. So we'll brace for that. Um, but, um, yeah. So it's been fine. So yeah. far, I've yet to be contacted by Track and Trace. <laughs> You've yet to be contacted by Track and Trace. So it's going well so far. So if Touch you're wood. <laughs> so if you're thinking if the thing that's stopping you from going is the safety measures, it's not too bad. It's not there. too bad. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. It's the same as everywhere. It's just like, just fucking stay away from people. It's a little bit weird, but like once wear your mask sat- where you can. What? Yeah, wear a mask where you can. But once you're sat down to do the thing you're there to do, like it's fine. You know, it's mm. the same way when like you go into a pub right now and it is weird as fuck, or you go into a restaurant and it's a bit weird. But like, the second you've got your food and you're just sat at your table, you're like you're fine. Yeah, you're just it's back to normal. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Until the waiter comes up and you can't hear what he's saying because he's wearing a mask and, and he's like two, two oh, meters away. Oh. <laughs> he's a distance. Oh. Yeah, he's two meters away. <laughs> yes, and he's behind a big sheet of glass. He's so. <clears throat> I'll throw the menu. You catch it. <laughs> um. My uh, Katie had to go to like the emergency dentist recently. All right, and um, she said it was it was like walking into like Ground Zero in like a zombie movie or something. Wow, like proper like twenty eight weeks later style. Like everything's in fucking tents and like all the guys are in basically like hurt locker like outfits Jeez. and stuff like that. And apparently it's crazy. Yeah, I mean it makes sense because <clears throat> you're as a dentist you're being briefed on all day by yeah. different people. And uh, most of them, not like the, the, the unwashed masses. <laughs> yeah. I had to go. Not to Katie. D- <laughs> mind. Yeah. I had to go to the dentist as well. And it does very much feel like you're throwing caution to the wind. Because <laughs> it's like you've been trying to stay away from people for so long. And then you go into this room and you're like, you and you, put your hands in my mouth. <laughs> but make sure that when they're inside, they're two meters away from me. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so but the, you know, the fucking nobody's here to talk about that. We're here to talk in as in depth as we can about the two movies that they're because we debated way back at the start of lockdown what are going to be the movies that they try to bring you back. Yes, 
And the two movies they chose were <laughs> were Tenet, which is a solid choice. Solid Christopher choice. Nolan. Yeah. A household name at this point. Yeah. People love him. Big action director. He's coming out with his new original sci-fi epic. Yeah. And then New Mutants. A contractual obligation yeah. by Disney to bring out in the cinema. Because um, I'm pretty sure they would have put it on Disney Plus by now if they were allowed to. Yeah. So, should we just do New Mutants first? We dive into New Mutants Yeah, first. let's go for it. Okay. So, obviously there's a history behind New Mutants. I yes. feel like most people who are listening to this probably already know. But, like, we can go through a little let's bit. Let's recap, because even I'm a bit fuzzy on this, actually. So, New Mutants... Uh was originally slated to be released on April 13th, 2018. I oh, remember 2018. So they put out... Oh, what <sighs> time? Remember when you could just do what you wanted? With no... Brexit, Donald Trump. <laughs> Brexit those, was still quite those far were away. The like, yeah, was... um... Donald Trump wasn't actively letting people die. Oh. <laughs> the lovely. Good old days. Oh, lovely. Um, we're here to entertain by uh, Daddy. We're not, Barry? <laughs> we're not here to depress people. Um... So yeah, it was originally slated to come out April 13th, 2018. Right. So already we're two and a half years out. <laughs> that film has been ready to go for two and a half years. That is insane. So I think they put out the initial trailer around like August 2017. Hmm. Like I feel like I remember seeing it. And it looked fine. Um, Then it just starts getting delayed. Like a whole bunch. So it got delayed to... Again, originally supposed to come out April 13th, 2018, before being delayed to February 22nd, 2019, which was apparently to avoid Deadpool 2, and then August 2nd, 2019... That's Fox as well. <laughs> yeah. And then to August 2nd, 2019, to avoid Dark Phoenix. It was <laughs> then delayed to April 2020 by Disney after the studio acquired Fox. That was like the whole thing. And then because of coronavirus, <laughs> just got pulled from the release schedule altogether. So this really was like the little movie that that could, yeah. Like it was, I'm not, like four delays or what's that? Yeah, four delays. Yes. Yeah, like that's wild. Yeah. That it took that long. Like they had. It just seems like they had so little faith in this. Well, there was was there not extensive reshoots at first? I think so. I remember hearing about this because I think that's been the the back and forth, isn't it? Because Fox saw this. And then they didn't like the original cut. And so they, they went into reshoots. Uh, and then Fox like got bought up by Disney. And then Disney, not I guess Disney aren't really fussed. We're like, yeah, just do the director. What, what, the, what the director wanted. That's my understanding. I could be wrong there. Right. So my, here's, here's a lot. I'm do, we're doing research on the fly. <laughs> Guerrilla style research. Uh, from my understanding, they handed in a cut. Um... The director and his editors, they delivered a cut that Fox were apparently happy with, and it tested well at initial screenings. Um, and then three days of additional photography were planned. Uh, and then following the release of the first It movie, oh, they, the studio cut the trailer for New Mutants to focus on the scary elements for the film, essentially selling it as a straight-up horror movie, which I think when you watch that first trailer, yeah. it very much is. Um so they basically decided to go back and redesign the film to be more like Boone's original vision uh, rather than completing the version that they'd been making during production. 
So yeah, so I guess... So they did reshoots to get it more in line with what the director originally wanted. Which is very bizarre because he put out a tweet, I'm sure, not long ago where he was like, this film is like, this is the film I wanted to make. Like, this is my vision. But it sounds like... It sounds like it's been chopped and changed a couple of times. Like, it sounds like that whole, you know, oh, this is my vision is a little bit skewed, maybe. Um, I don't know. But... Yeah, finally they've got... like So yeah, then everybody starts... When coronavirus hits, the movie's obviously ready to go. They Disney pulls it. And everyone's like, why can't you just put it on Disney Plus? Or put it on any kind of streaming service. Just give it to us. You know, the, the fucking two people who want to see it. <laughs> I, me and you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we just wanted to see it out of pure fascination. Yeah. How does a movie that was originally scheduled to come out two and a half years ago still hold up? to now you know when there's all when there's been a slew of other things since then um so yeah but apparently the reason that they can't put it out on disney plus or any kind of streaming service is because as part of the contract between disney and fox when disney bought fox one of the stipulations was that new mutants has to be released in the cinema <laughs> which wasn't a problem back in good old 2019 yeah, when that's fine. cinemas were plentiful and open because i assume disney looked at that and was like well we don't have to do market and they've already paid for the market and we can just fart this fucking thing out mm. which is effectively what they've ended up doing yeah because it's not like they re-ramped up marketing or anything no this is just a film you can go see right now at the cinema like i feel like you, there's nothing for it yeah um most people I don't even think know what it is or that it's in any way tied to the X-Men or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that, like, just calling it New Mutants isn't enough to tie it to the X-Men. Mm. Um, But, yeah, it's finally here. Yeah. And we saw it. Yeah. And what did you think of it? I actually really liked it. Oh, okay. I was not that fond of it. <laughs> yeah, you weren't fond of it. Actually, I was, like, watching it and I was like, this is a... Uh, uh, I liked it. I, I liked this film. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, we'll fight. <laughs> we just have to fight to the death. Now. Yeah. Um, With our words. I... The, the, the main thing that stuck out to me with it is I appreciate the small scale of it. Hmm. Very focused on these six characters. Uh, oh, yeah. Six, seven characters. You get the six kids and then the, the doctor. Yeah. And I appreciate the small scale of it, but I, I think this is this feels so small scale to the point where it just feels kind of cheap. The okay. fact that like it's meant to be set in this 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 asylum and it's like the only people who reside there are these six kids and this one doctor. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the whole thing felt very like just bizarre to me. See, I, yeah, I, I got. I didn't get cheap. I got isolated. It felt like a very isolated film. It kind, it kind of almost had that sort of claustrophobia of uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, where it was, it was very, just felt very, the, the, as you say, like it's weird that there's only, it's like this institution. We should probably do a plot summary. At some we should point. probably do a plot um, summary. But yeah. this institution is only run by one person, and that person's the only member of staff there. So, but like, I felt it more as being like isolating than it was like. Um, cheap. Mm. Do you want to do a quick plot summary? So it's it's about Danny Moonstar. A, it's um, about you. It's about me. It is weird <laughs> when people say Danny all the time. <laughs> um, did, you, did you keep going to the cinema going, what? 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 No. <laughs> it wasn't me that summoned the giant bear. It wasn't. 
Spoilers? Uh, <laughs> I suppose, yeah. We haven't said spoilers yet, have we? Yeah, we're going to spoil always it. Always assume. We're, we're going to spoil it, but yeah. we didn't actually say it. Sorry. Um, sorry. Uh, so it's about Danny Moonstar, who is running... Uh, is from, like, she's part of a Native American uh, reservation. Yeah. Uh, and there, something attacks that reservation. And she, her father is, like, getting, uh, running her away. And then he goes back in and he dies. And, like, she's running away from whatever it is. And then she wakes up in this uh, institution um, when she's, like, locked to the bed. And then she meets this doctor. And then she meets a, a ragtag bunch of other people who are all mutants they're all x-men mutants with powers and stuff and, and then she gets she has to get to know what's what's happening what's behind this institution what's and, and what what's this doctor really up to and <laughs> when we get down to it what's the doctor really up to all kinds of shenanigans yeah um yeah that i think like my other biggest problem with it was that it I, I like obviously it's trying to it seems to be trying to be a horror film and then it's also kind of trying to be this like coming of age movie but with mutants but i feel like it's the horror stuff is just so like just plopped in there hmm. with no real relevance to a lot of what else is going on a lot of the time you know what i mean and none of it is particularly scary either yeah it's very tame i would say that this doesn't feel like a horror film as much as it's borrowing horror tropes Mm. um but i appreciated how character focused it was i don't think i was expecting that um but it really is like even the horror stuff it all relates to like the the individual characters because like the central premise is that there's this mysterious thing that's bringing back everyone's sort of nightmares and their past traumas, and it's bringing them back to to attack him within this institute, and uh, like they everybody has to re, sort of reconfront their sort of past trauma, um, which really sort of feeds into like each individual character, and like at first there was a few characters that I thought were quite cookie cutter mm. um, to begin with, but by the end of it I felt like every character. Um, what the five of the new mutants there is like they all felt pretty well developed by the end and I was like oh this I, I, yeah I thought it was a really cool character focused um, film and I really appreciated it I appreciate it's small scale and as much as it isn't as like a full on horror film um, it was like it was a, a cool superhero film yeah I just I don't know I didn't I didn't feel like because what like what development really do most of them go through you know what I mean? Deve- uh, well, or like what? Like you know, the the guy who catches fire. It's like, well, he's probably the the weaker character. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, there's a character who can light on fire. Yeah, human torch style. the The issue that he's dealing with is that he killed his girlfriend by basically lighting her on fire. He got so horny. Yeah, basically, he got so horny with his girlfriend that he accidentally set her on fire. Um. Which is a, a weirdly, um, like, very dark, like, idea. Mm. But they play his character a lot for a joke. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't want to... Oh, his character's a bit weird. He doesn't want to, like, um, get involved because he doesn't... He's afraid of his powers. And then in at the climax, one of the other characters just goes, Nut up! And he goes, all right. And he fights, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fights the exactly. character. He's definitely... I will say, his character arc is definitely the weakest out mm. of them. 
um, much more focused on the the two leads, um, the Danny Moonstar uh, and the her love interest. Oh, okay, I thought you were gonna say like sword arm girl. <laughs> no, I was gonna say the um, Scottish girl. The, yeah, the, fucking. Her power is that she can turn into a wolf. Um, they're sort of the main focus. Although the Russian girl who can turn, like, I'm not even hundred percent sure what her power is. It's something like some sort of fantasy-like power. It's it's kind of yeah, bizarre. They never. Ve- it feels so like out of place with like every other. I mean, it doesn't feel character. out of place with Danny Moonstar's power. Uh, they feel actually almost too similar in a way. Because because I was more th- like because you know you got like guy who can light himself on fire, and you've got girl who can turn into a wolf, and you've got like guy who can fly really fast, and then you've got like girl who can like travel to an a fantasy sort of world. fantasy world where she's got like a dragon and a sword for an arm, and it's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like it's less it's less marketable, yeah, I guess, than the rest of them. It's hard to sum up, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but her character is fascinating. Here's the one who most feels like a cookie cutter. She feels like the bully at the start. She's like, yeah. she goes up to Native American girl, like, oh, calling you Pocahontas. Yeah, and it's all—it's like, just so just like she's just being a fucking bitch. It's when like it's bitch. when like she's walking out the the sort of the bathroom and then she just like <laughs> shoulder bar, <laughs> like shoulder hits yeah. the, the name like, oh, Danny and like, like you're oh. like, whoa, that was really just dim. Stupid. That's what I mean. It's just such like a. It's such just like a but her, easy and uncreative way to yeah. like get you to dislike someone. It's not a great starting point, but her character really develops really interestingly, and you kind of it's weird that like she doesn't do anything necessarily likable, but by the end of it you're a lot more on her side yeah. than when you started. Uh it's it's a very weird arc she has and I'm very much appreciated it. By the end you're like, Yeah, I'm 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 behind every one of you guys. Like including you, weird Russian girl who was strange at the start of the film, but yeah, now she's totally. on board. Um and it's it's a um lesbian love story at the the front, which is like always nice to see. It's always I, w- I was wondering if we were getting queer baiting to begin with, because it's like hints and hints yeah. and then like the, the like les- they they're watching something on the TV. Which is a which is a lesbian story. Yeah, and, and it's you're like, like yeah, it just kind of cuts to Maisie Williams like watching the TV. It's like, oh, <laughs> you're like that would be pretty bold queer baiting. Yeah. It's like we're not going to show our characters as lesbians. Yeah, but we'll, but we'll show happily another, show, we'll show other another characters. movie who did <laughs> <laughs> that movie much more braver than us. Um, but no, they they they, they do have like a proper uh, romance, and um, that's always fun. Which to is see. probably one of the sweeter. That's one of the moments yeah. I did like in the film is when they are it's very... lying on the grass watching the rain hit off the shield. Like, yeah, that's, that, well, this like shield prism that's keeping them it's a very it's a very sweet romance and it's very believable and i think it's very believable because it's very minimalist they're like they really don't they don't say too much to each other but they they do play off each other like really nicely yeah and um i i I really liked those those characters you were very on board with those two characters um yeah and the the guy who flies really fast He's like, I, I liked his character. He was like, he was like a southern guy, but he never. I went... killed my father down in the coal mines, <laughs> and I'm sad about it. <laughs> he never, he never went too far into like redneck stereotype, which yeah. I appreciate. Even though he's like fucking wearing a cap and a checkered shirt. Yeah, like when he gets he's ready so... to fight, he like throws his cap off. It's like, he's yeah, so man, close here we go. to being a stereotype, but he's never quite. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so that's what, I've, that's what I appreciated about this film. And also like the climax because, spoilers, there's a giant bear. And that's very fun. There is a big bear. I really, when it came through the, the I, I window, did, I, was, I was most on board with it. I did like that aspect of the thing they end up fighting is almost her like defense system i guess it's like she almost has like a security system kind of thing where it's like you know she falls unconscious yeah. or she's in like an intense amount of danger and the fucking big bear shows up and it's like they're kind of having to try and wake her up to be like you need to stop this bear from attacking <laughs> us please <laughs> um like i like the the fact that the the the, the threat kind of came from something within the group like yeah that they had to overcome yeah um, well, I mean that—that's the the thematic premise, isn't it? They're all—they're all having to overcome their trauma. Yeah, I just wish I was like more connected to anything that was going on. Really, I do just—I just wish that they, they there was more of like a. I think a big problem. I think a problem with the film is that it's clearly, obviously, trying to be connected to something else that we are never going to get because you never really learn about. You never really learn anything about the organization that is behind all this you never really learn the exact reasoning as to like no i don't think you why need they're to there. though but then it's it just it's like like i said i think that was what played into this whole like small scale aspect of it that i couldn't get on board with because i was like who's this one doctor who's in charge of all this like why yeah. aren't there a few doctors well, she has uh, the reason i just feel like it would i, I would have felt found it i would have bought into it more if it just felt like there was someone in if there was just more people like in a position of control but it seems like they can just overpower this woman whenever it's convenient for them because like they just drug her tea they drug her tea point. but that's a bit more and it, that's that's not like they overpowered her they, I know, they but outwitted it, it her it just it just feels like they could easily but like, i really I like i really like that there's only one of her the, re, the for in in terms of story reasons the reason there's only one of her is because she herself is a very powerful mutant and she controls force fields and so she's basically locked them in yeah. there anyway um, and like when when she does have to fight them, she proves in a, in a blink of a, it's actually a really weird moment. She's like, just suddenly she just produces a force field around mm. all of them. You're like, <clears throat> oh right, this is why she's on her own because yeah. she could fucking t- t- like yeah, she suffocate them and rush them. Yeah, in these, whenever like, she wanted. Balls, yeah. But what I really liked about it is that you really didn't know her motivations. I think you would have been a bit lost if there was loads of institution people going around. I don't around. need loads. I just But even more than f- one, I, I really know. like her because she, she played it so like it could have gone either way. She could have been an evil institution or she could have been genuinely there to help or maybe the institution is evil but she doesn't realise that. Mm. She plays it in this, um, the actress plays it in this really sort of um, it could go both ways fashion where she, she feels believable and genuine but also slightly distant. And I really, really appreciated that 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 works because there's only one of her in this institution. Mm. Yeah. I Like, I totally get where you're coming from. I don't know. Just the whole... Like, the film just felt, like, empty to me. Like, I just felt like it just needed... I don't know. Just more of a sense of, like, place or anything like that. Just to... I, it just all felt... Because of the fact that it was just these handful of actors, it just felt like a set the whole time. And I don't know. It just felt like a movie that... And I, yeah, I guess that's just that's just me, and I just I don't know. I didn't buy into it like the, the same way. Like it just felt empty to me. Yeah, I just felt like there just needed to be more there to make it feel a bit more like I don't know lived in. I don't even mm. know if that's what like 
Well, I, I like that the institution is one of those institutions where, like, for some strange reason, every time you go to an insane asylum in a film, it's always just like this really run-down, creaky place that looks like it was built 200 years ago and was, re- like, has yeah. been sort of redone. But, I like, I think it worked in this film because, like, you got a sense that, like, they were... This was all sort of the whole thing was slapdash. It's like, well, we have a powerful mutant who's got force fields. We'll give her a few, like a couple of mutants, enough so that she can handle them, yeah. and um, they can just live in this this place we've got on the book somewhere. I like it, it. Like it felt really sort of improvised. Like the the institution had improvised this place, but in a sort of believable way um, to me. Yeah, that's fair play. I just, I just don't know. I just, I. I... I just don't feel like I bought into it at all. Yeah, <laughs> like that's yeah. that's that's um, interesting because I, I really really did. I would go up, put this up there as one of my favorite X Men films. Really? Yeah, I really liked this. I just didn't think it was. I thought it was so. It was. It's so much more character focused than most X Men films. But it's 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 not though really. Like I don't think. Like I I think it's like I said. It's outside of. Even the main character, it's like, oh, you know, that she has to, like, overcome this thing within herself. But it's like, well, we don't really get a sense of, like, what she was like before this happened. So it seems like she was a pretty normal girl until suddenly she had this power where she could, like, make people see their darkest fears and also summon a big bear. It's like, because I don't really have a sense of, like, what she was like before, I'm like, well, I don't really care what she's overcoming because I don't know, I don't feel like I know anything about her aside from like the fact that her dad dies in the opening scene you know what i mean um and i kind of felt like the same with everybody it was like it's like yeah okay i get that that, you know they all have these kind of traumatic things where they've they've killed people but i just don't feel like i get much of a sense outside of the uh fucking sword arm girl anna taylor joy's character um who you like there's a little bit more but even that it's like i don't i don't like fully understand your backstory to be totally i don't think you're meant to fully understand no but i just yeah i just don't think i think outside of like oh they've all kind of been involved in the death of somebody like i don't feel like there's much more to any of the characters outside of that like in my opinion um like i just didn't really know much about them or really care either way what happened to any of them by the end of it i just i don't know that's such a contrast i didn't feel like there was that much of a like uh, apart from kind of Maisie williams and uh danny moonjoy moonjoy moonbear moonstar moonstar bears um i didn't really feel like much of a connection between any of them oh i was i I don't know i just watching them all i wanted them all to sort of recover from this because i felt like they all have kind of have this like their guilt like some sort of sense of mm. survive like even the the main character is even noted to have survivor's guilt for surviving and um like uh the the guy from the coal mine he's like he has a lot of guilt he believes he yeah, at the beginning of the film he believes he should be in this institution mm. he believes he's in the right place because he he's like kind of scared of his own powers um, so I, I kind of like that. By the end of it, they like come together and they're like, even, even though they've all been traumatized in their own different ways, they come together as a group and heal together. I like it. Yeah, I mean, if you can take that, like, I mean, hundred percent. If that works, like, for you and you can take that reading from it, like, definitely. I guess different strokes for different folks, Danny. Sometimes, you know what I mean. 
But I don't know. I just I, I don't I, I think something compared to like like I think like you know the better X Men movie like like Days of Future Past in my opinion is one of the better ones, and I think that is a much more character focused film than well not char- but like I I think that gets like more in depth with like the characters that it's dealing with than this does. Like I think they have a lot more nuance um, with you know like professor x like struggling with the fact that he doesn't want to use his powers anymore and also like struggling with the fact that like his best pal kind of you know well in his eyes like fucked him over Mm. um and then you've got characters like raven who uh sees that like like the thing i've always liked about that movie is like that the 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 whole point of it is that they're trying to stop her from killing this bad guy because it's you know i just think there's like i think like something like that has a lot more to it than this which I don't know. They all just felt kind of nothingy to me. I don't know. Oh, I feel so. I, I feel like the the interactions between them were minimalist more than nothing. Uh, I think maybe they're not minimalist. Maybe they're just there's just they're just not not a lot there. <laughs> you don't feel like the the the, the, the beginning. Danny um, tries to jump out of the clock tower, and I just really like the even something as simple as the interaction between her and the Scottish girl. Who I will never remember that character name. Is it apparently, or something. Um, the interaction between them was so sort of like again, it's like quite subtle in the sort of like the way they're talking to each other. It's nothing sort of they ne- neither of them says anything like bold or any any mm. sort of like profound lines. Like they, they, it feels like it's just a subtle interaction, and then it's believable that like she convinces Danny not to kill herself and to to come back in. And I feel like there was a, it was a like a. It's a surprisingly sweet film between the characters, like despite the fact all of these horror uh, genre tropes are happening around them. The characters themselves are quite sweet to each other. Yeah. I yeah I don't know. I think if it had stuck more to that instead of just instead of then also trying to kind of do the horror thing, which I just don't feel like it leans into enough to be effective in any real meaningful way um and yeah i just kind of felt like didn't really feel like i got a lot of like character stuff for me personally didn't feel like i got a lot of good horror stuff so by the end of the movie i just kind of felt like i hadn't really had a full experience at yeah. all i just kind of had like half-hearted ones of two different genre of film like you know what I fair mean? enough um so i don't know maybe fucking new mutants will be your thing who knows? It's my thing. I really like this well, film. Well, exactly. Guys. That's what I mean. Like, it might be your thing. Might also not be. How often do we disagree, Danny? Not very often. Not very often. And we've not really fully disagreed on nah, this. I'm going like... to jump across this. <laughs> beat the fuck out you. Like, yeah. You didn't come across going, I hate this film. You're like, lukewarm to it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I definitely didn't hate it. I, there was stuff I liked about it. I liked the opening sequence a lot. Hmm. I, lo- I always think films that can do that like there's something to films that can do that can effectively do the wakening up and something is suddenly happening Mm. like just going from serene peaceful sleep to just shit is going fucking down like you need to get up right away you know i've had that that situation a couple of times in my life you know from extreme situations to simple things like you wake up and the boiler sounds like it's gonna explode and the neighbors are banging at your door because your boiler sounds like it's gonna explode and it's three in the morning it's like going from just like peaceful to just like 
what the fuck is that? And you just you just have to like spring into action. Aye. You know what I mean? You had like, that one. Uh, I think the very relatable one is when you wake up one morning and it's very oh very gentle, and then you realise. My alarm should have gone off. Yeah, should have gone off. Two yeah, hours ago. exactly. I should be at work by now. Um, waking up and hearing your phone buzzing, but it's not your alarm. It's your manager trying to call you because it's like three hours past the time you were meant <laughs> to start work, um, like that. But obviously, in a in an extreme fashion, yeah. where it's like you know she wakes up, giant and she's bear. just thrust into this situation. Um, I always find like I always think it's like good when a movie can effectively kind of capture that feeling of intensity and that that was when i was like oh maybe this is going to be like like maybe this will be something um and then i just kind of feel like from from there i just wasn't particularly like hooked on anything in it really but i i like the i read uh in in one of the dark tower books there's a giant bear and ever since i've read it i've always been like oh, i'd love to see like a giant it bear was a good cinema. giant bear. like it was so cool to watch like a, just a giant bear like tear up this building these buildings great yeah. climax I like I said I do think, in my opinion, it will suffer a little bit from that. It, it feels like there needs to be more. Like there's a lot of questions that just aren't answered, and we're never going to get those answers because this is never going to get anything else. Well, I so. don't know. I mean, there's uh, there was one point rumors that like Marvel, like Disney, were gonna like see what the vibe was, and then maybe afterwards okay. fit it into the MCU. Although saying it now, they do mention the X Men, so it'd be then weird. Yeah, like they this would have to be after the X Men were established for yeah. quite a while, so I doubt they will because that would require this to be quite a way in the future. I also think it'd but, be quite strange because even just like like Anna Taylor Joy, because this was shot like over three years ago, looks very young compared to how she looked even in yeah. Glass, like at the start of last year. Um, like she looks crazy young compared to how she looks now so I think that would be quite jarring if you tried to well if you you know obviously not because movies there's huge gaps between sequels all the time but um, I think it was just weird watching that film like I was very aware I was watching something that was shot in like 2016 you yeah know what I mean okay um, do you do you want to talk about Tenet yes I do <laughs> do you want to talk about it I'll talk about it uh, I'll talk about it normally and you could talk about it in reverse Oh, okay. that work? You... I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, so obviously, Tenet much, much less of a fucking confusing production. They made it, and now it's out. <laughs> Although, in a way, kind of, of a confusing production. There was the whole element of Christopher Nolan sort of was refusing to even like acknowledge the fact that the thought that this could be you know that you could release this to streaming before well, i think cinema. that's very important in the, in this whole conversation because as you know scott morrison we're here trying to save the cinema we certainly are trying, we're to, trying save to save the cinema. the cinema and guess who else is out there trying to save the cinema guess who else is on their crusading horse it's a it's the third member of our crusade yeah <laughs> it's uh, it's our third musketeer it's our third of musketeer. saving cinema it's chris uh, nolan our good friend chris nolan he is chris does <laughs> the sea dog <laughs> obviously um chris christy boy christy. we call him christy um but like he he like he his uh his crusade is actually a lot longer than ours because he wasn't like let's save the cinema from the pandemic he was like let's save the cinema from the franchises the <laughs> evil gonna say franchises from, from itself <laughs> in a wow. way yeah um but he's been a big advocate for the cinematic he's experience been, yeah he's been very adamant that like Tenet has to come out in cinemas. Yeah, there and is it's... no... He was not budging on that. Yeah. At all. Um, 
and I, I think it's very important when you're going into this because like he's decide he's made this like push this even though like going to the cinema is a somewhat uh, endangering thing right yeah. now so that's very important to, um, for him to like to, to remember that when when you're talking about this film Christopher Nolan wants you to semi like risk it yeah to risk go your life it. to go see his fucking weird movie about time yeah travel. so uh, what did you think of Tenet Scott I really don't like it I hate it Okay, I, actually, wow. <laughs> I actually re the more I think about it, the more I hate it. I could see you like getting riled up. Yeah. Um okay, well, like do you want to talk about why you passionately hate it? I mean, should we try and do the plot first? If you can. If have you, a go. I can try. Have a go. So my understanding of the plot <laughs> your interpretation is Denzel Washington's son. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i never even picked up that is like a he's like a spy he's like a policeman spy and he gets killed but he doesn't get killed instead he's alive and he wakes up on a boat and a man tells him good job on still being alive now you get to go be part of this this thing called tenet and then he goes and meets uh tonks from harry potter Oh, is that who that was? And she said, "Oh no, it's not Tonks. It's a, it's a De Fleur or something like that. It's the, oh, it's from the yeah, Goblet yeah, of Fire, yeah." yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so and she says to him, "Oh hey, so we found this thing where like certain items are actually traveling backwards through time. Isn't that crazy?" And you're like, "That is pretty crazy. How would you control that?" And she goes, "It's fine." <laughs> Next scene. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Suddenly he's in Mumbai, I think maybe. <laughs> Um, and Robert Pattinson sits in a seat next to him. And Robert Pattinson's there, and they say, "Oh," and then I, and then, and then, um, the guy is there. What the fuck's his name? He directed Thor. Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh's there, and he he has some kind of bomb <laughs> that's gonna blow up, and there's three pieces of the bomb, and. If he puts the bomb, he's going to put the bomb back together and the bomb's going to blow up because he's dying. He has cancer, maybe? <laughs> and he's going to die. And so he's like, well, if I'm going to die, then everyone's coming with me. The whole of existence is going to die with and him. And he kills his wife. He shoots her or stabs her. One of those things. Does he not backwards shoot her? He backwards shoots her with the backwards <laughs> bullets that De Fleur told us about at the beginning of the movie. Um, and then... And then they, and then maybe they they maybe they disarm the bomb, or maybe they don't. Uh, he has to travel through back. He has to travel backwards in time to to save the girl. I don't really get it. I don't really understand this movie at all. I was very lost. I was very confused. I appreciate that Christopher Nolan does not think that you should hold the audience's hand, but I also feel like a movie where you're trying to resent a mechanic as sort of complex as this you i could have just you could have helped me across the street at least <laughs> chris you don't I mean, have to hold my hand but you, you could have given me some direction you could have at least just pointed me in the right direction and i've been like thanks man i'm on board uh yeah do you know that, what call- that stuff that stuff aside right I, like the, the plot is confusing and maybe to some people it's not and that's totally fine. Uh, I know that he 
got. I know Inception gets a lot of shtick for how expositiony that film is. Like that, it always used to annoy me when when people would say that Inception is confusing because, mm. like, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Like, there's a lot to Inception in terms of the way that that you know the dreams work and all that kind of stuff. But that movie telegraphs everything to you so bluntly. Basically, the first hour of that movie is just characters explaining to Ellen Page, who is playing the audience, how incepting works. So that for the second hour and a half of the movie, you understand how everything works and what's going on. And I get that, you know, some people found that a bit much. Like, in terms of how exposition he is. Um, like I said, it, like, it kind of annoyed me when people said it was complicated because I'm like, if you just listen, they tell you everything that you need to know. But with this, it's just like, he really just doesn't seem to give a fuck about giving you any way to help you keep up. So it's like, if you drift for even a second, which in my opinion, it's easy to do because these characters are so fucking boring to listen to. Like, if you drift for even a second, you're just lost. And suddenly, in the next scene, they're just in Mumbai. And I'm like, I don't know why they're here. Like, I literally have no idea why these characters are here now. Did They they must have said something in the last scene, but I must have just missed it. Because either, like, yeah, either it's just being delivered so fucking boringly that I can't even, pro- my brain can't process something that mind-numbing. Or the sound is so terribly fucking mixed that I couldn't hear them even if I wanted to. Um... That is like my biggest problem with it. I just, I just wish he just helped people along a little bit more. You know what I mean? Hmm. I feel like I understood. I'm thinking of ending things more clearly than I understood Tenet, and that's saying something. That's saying something. <laughs> um, I'd say that if you are a storyteller and you tell a story to all lots and lots of people, and most of them turn around and go. Yeah, I didn't understand that. It makes you a bad storyteller. Yeah. And I, I think this is, I think what makes me most angry is that I really like Christopher Nolan. Mm. I really like his films. And I was even behind Interstellar, which I know is a more sort of divisive one among his filmography. And what's annoying is I know he's a good filmmaker. And I know he's had problems with dialogue. I think I've even said on this podcast, mm. I'm not a fan of Christopher Nolan dialogue. It's uh, most of his characters... Heavy-handed. It's very heavy-handed. Most of his characters speak uh, either exposition or this is the greatest, this is the most important thing that's ever yeah. happened in the whole entire universe. That's this. That's how important everything exposition is. Exposition is Inception. That that other thing is Interstellar. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, so I, I, I do get his shortcomings, but like from a pure mechanical point of view... He's such a great story, he, mm. like great storyteller. I think that's what frustrates me so much about Tenet mm. is it's just bad. It's like the story is just so badly constructed. Everything like exposition, exposition, exposition. As you say, if you drift for a second, you're lost. And there's even like there's just scenes where just people are just like all the whole scene is just this robotic back and forth yeah. about setting up some sort of plot. Thing. I would say the Michael Caine scene the, in yeah. particular. I I'm looking I'm looking at them and i'm listening to them and i know they're saying words and my it's just not going in because it's a christopher like my brain just isn't soaking up because i'm like they're just talking at each other and i don't get any of this and then he tries to have a little bit of humor with like oh bag up the lobster and i'm like oh my god that was an actual human moment that just happened there (laughs) like these might actually be people oh no never mind like (laughs) 
I think the other thing is like Christopher Nolan's he <clears throat> his brand very much is like an intellectual brand. It is like intellectual mm. to watch Christopher Nolan films because he's an intelligent man with like uh, trying to present these big ideas. And so that's almost it makes the film almost feel like it's daring you to say it's wrong. Like yeah. I dare you as a film to think I'm confusing. Maybe well, you're just not smart enough to keep up. But it's like no, 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 no. That's your job, Nolan. Yeah. Your job is to make sure I'm keeping up, not me. Yeah, because I think there, there's a difference. I know th- these are not two films I feel like should be compared, but just because I said that thing earlier, it's like there's a difference with something like I'm thinking of ending things, which is intentionally abstract hmm. and like you know, well, it's open to interpretation. Yeah. Whereas this feels much more like no, there's a plot here. I've just not been conveyed it properly by you, the storyteller. Yeah. Hmm. And he. Sorry, carry on. Oh no! So I was just going to say, like, he—he—he's a weird one because I—I—I I, I, I had a conversation with a friend recently, where I was like, he was saying he was—he was, he was kind of like, oh, Nolan, like, overhyped bullshit, and I was like, I think it's become—it seems to have become very popular these days to dislike Christopher yeah, Nolan. Very films. trendy. And I think an element of that is that you know he has become this big household name, uh, and I think you know people who maybe don't watch a lot of like movies watch his movie and it's like oh i'm watching something that's like you know hyper intelligent and like i'm gonna understand it and all you know what i mean yeah um and so i was like oh you know i think it's become very trendy to hate nolan but then i thought about his last string of movies i apologize by the way if this is picking up on the mic there's someone is dragging something across the ground it sounds like someone's dragging a tractor really understand what's happening but um yeah uh I was like, I think back on, like, say, like, his last four movies. Dark Knight Rises, right? I like it, but it's objectively not very good. No. You know what I mean? It's very, uh, it's that same sort of problem where everybody's speaking as if this is the most important thing in the world. Yeah. And the story is so symbolic that, like, as a story, it almost doesn't make sense. I also think it flies in the face of the whole thing of his trilogy was really sold on um that oh you know it's like a realist a hyper realistic take on batman it flies in the face of that because it's fucking nonsense <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um then after that it's interstellar which i'm so i apologize i don't know what the fuck is happening out there um i'm sure they'll, they'll move on <laughs> hopefully um interstellar which i've only seen the one time there are elements of that movie i like a lot but i think it's far too heavy-handed with the emotional stuff to the point where it becomes ridiculous Hmm. and i think when you get to the ending it very much becomes an either you go with it or you don't yeah kind of thing and i'll say that i went with it yeah and then dunkirk which i feel does the same thing that this movie does dunkirk is obviously the plot is much more clear you know it's 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 the plot of dunkirk yeah um it's much more clear but he in a in a situation where you would think you would focus on the human element of it these soldiers stuck on this beach like desperately trying to get home instead it just feels like this very mechanical film where the characters are just there because he he has to have character do you know like do you get i mean not because he has to have characters but it's like there are people there and they're there to just deliver the odd line and they're and but the, the focus is on the style of the film you know what i mean hmm. 
Uh, and the whole thing he's trying to do with he loves he's obsessed with bloody time and he loves he loves his he loves fucking around with his time and stuff. It appears that whatever is going on out there has stopped. Um, so yeah, Who I was, was like, Nolan trying to I was like, well, you? maybe, maybe it's not like, maybe the Nolan films I like, I, I you know, I, I think Memento, I think is his best film. Yeah. Uh, I think Batman Begins is fucking incredible. I think The Dark Knight, despite all of everything that has kind of now surrounded that movie, like, you know, twelve years later with what the joker has kind of become in the public conscious and stuff like that i still think is a solid a really fucking mm. solid movie um inception i think is great it's it's expositional heavy as fuck but i, I kind of love it i love all the ideas in it i love the sequences love the, i like the characters a lot in inception that's one of his movies where i like buy into the emotion yeah. a little bit like i've always bought into Cobb's story um and found it quite emotional and i always find uh Killian murphy killian murphy when he confronts his dad at the end like i always find that scene just it always gets me for some reason um but yeah i kind of feel like everything post inception i've not really enjoyed hmm. so i'm like i don't hate him but i'm definitely not on board with the stuff he's making now yeah you know what i mean there's almost a, a feeling of uh a sense of grandeur now yeah. and i feel like it's weird that he's like one supposed to be the last sort of big blockbuster auteur who's making his own films yeah. on big budget and Tenet is almost the the sort of the poster child of this is why studio intervention is sometimes necessary mm. like somebody needed to come in and go what the fuck is this this feels <laughs> on par with like George Lucas making his prequel Star Wars films like almost in the, on the sense okay. of <laughs> that's a big statement on the sense that like he's got so much creative control that there's nothing to keep him in check anymore and he's made this film that's like to me is nigh on unwatchable yeah like you it, I suppose you're supposed to go back and rewatch it and things are supposed to make more sense but I don't want to. It's not fun. Like Inception, as you said, is character focused mm. and it's fun and there's so much creativity to it. But like Tenet, it's just not. The characters are so nothing. Yeah. Like, well, that's the issue is that like, and it's the same way I feel about Dunkirk. They don't feel like characters. They're yeah. just subjects. They're just subjects. Well, yeah. the, the guy's <clears throat> called the protagonist. Yeah. Which is that which is the to most sound... fucking pretentious yeah, bullshit. Yeah, supposed to like, sound yeah. clever. It's not. It means you didn't bother giving him a name because you didn't bother giving him a soul. He fucking has that joke that always like, pats him down like, oh, where I come from, you buy lunch first. Yeah. Like, Christopher Nolan, that joke was old 20 years yeah. ago. What are you fucking making it in this film for? Um, his, char- his character's non-existent. Like, any like Robert Patterson is charismatic because he's Robert Patterson. But, and he's playing... But his character's nothing. Yeah. He's playing so against kind of your typical robert pattinson role i feel like but yeah it's just it's just he's not a character he's just like a guy but he's a he's slightly more fucking charismatic than the rest of them because the rest of them are just bits of i'm not even gonna say wood the film is so like cold yeah and metallic and gray and sterile looking that like at the very least wood creates a feeling of warmth you know what i mean like i would say they're more wood like i would say they're more like big steel beams like, yeah. fun. like i would say they're more like 
just smooth steel beams. Yeah. Um, I think that none of it... I think the actors in it do the best they can with what they've got. I like the the main guy. Um, I think he... Hot he, as fuck. I mean, yeah, there is that. <laughs> Definitely. Holy Definitely that. shit. Uh, I think he does like the best possible thing he could have yeah. done with that performance. I just think the like the character itself, the protagonist, is just nothing. And I uh, I found obviously they kind of I think the one pl- the one place he tries to draw actual emotion from you that being anger is the plotline with uh I've forgotten his name again. Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh and his wife. Yeah. who he is very much kind of holding the wife hostage in this loveless marriage and he's quite brutal towards her mm. uh, he's incredibly fucking brutal towards her he shoots her with a backwards bullet <laughs> um, but it's, it's it, yeah it, he really does go all in on like this is a bad time mm. for uh, for like you know I forget the actress's name but for this character but at the same time I was like he has turned that up to such an extreme that it's like, well, of course I'm going to be angry at this this character. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it should be more subtle. It's just like, they literally give Kenneth Branagh no other setting than he's just like, deep. he's a fucking just horrific human yeah. being. And so it's like it's like an easy way to well, get you to his, hate somebody. Even his motive is like <clears throat> I I don't existence can't exist after I die. This whole thing is prefaced on this fact that Kenneth Branagh is a, a Russian gangster weapons dealer. <clears throat> He's so egotistical that he wants whole of existence to stop existing yeah. once he dies. You're like that's such a you you. It's weird. Your 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 Kenneth Branagh villain is more cartoony uh, comic book villain than anybody from The Dark Knight. It's mental how sort of two-dimensional he is and kind of fun as the role because he yeah, he, yeah. he does have that sense of presence <clears throat> that he um gives it a, the, the what should be a sort of character that falls entirely flat he manages to keep it engaging enough that mm-hmm. whenever he's on screen you're like oh well, um I, I like kenneth brown yeah. I, I remember i like him um but like you know his his character is just two-dimensional like every character in this is all just two-dimensional and then <laughs> and then they they really fucking any any sort of charisma or any any charm that was left <laughs> is completely sucked out of the room when they bring in Aaron Taylor Johnson halfway through the movie, who I think a kick ass aside has become the fucking least charming, just most uncharismatic actor. Anytime I see him in something, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> this fucking guy like there's just nothing to him he's just a blank fucking space <laughs> that mumbles words occasionally um and i feel like he's always brought in in these movies like like godzilla and things like that where he's just he's just there to just be there he's just the guy you get when you just need a guy <laughs> you know what i mean a nondescript uh, guy. and when i saw him walk on stream and screen i burst out laughing because i was just like a oh, fucking of course he's in this <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and and at the end of the day like i just i it gets to the kind of second half of the movie where you know it gets into okay now the mechanic of the film is in full play 
and I'm like, I don't understand hmm. this mechanic. Like, I just don't. It's not even that. It's not even just that I didn't understand the mechanic because you you kind of. I, I I there's the line that I appreciate that he was trying to go for where the fucking Harry Potter girl <clears throat> says, "Don't think too much about it, just feel it." And you're like, right, okay, Christopher Nolan, I can get on board with that. If it weren't for the fact that don't think about it too much is a weird thing to say when every scene is explaining things in explicit so like detail. detail. Yeah. Um, I also her just a real quick aside her very first line is no small talk i think it's like no small talk the agency thinks it's better if we don't know anything about each other and that line stuck with me through the whole movie because i was like that's what you've done with every character yeah you've went just don't worry we're not going to learn anything about these people and that's our exp- you know what i mean that's yeah. like our explanation but the protagonist wants to defend the woman of like the wife of like kenneth brown and you're mm. like why I don't get a sense of why you want to do that. Like, I guess you like her, but, like, there's no sort of sincere interaction yeah. between them. Uh, anyway, my original point being, like, it's, like, it's not just that I don't understand the mechanic. Because you can get the gist, and as the Harry Potter actress says, you just feel it. Fine, I'll just feel it. But even at the end, you're just, like, as much as some of these sequences are cool to watch, and some of, like, the practical effects and, like, the, the special effects they're using are impressive to look at. And you are, like, if he'd got someone else to like help him write this script mm. or someone to go through and you could imagine there's some cool ideas in here but you're like i don't like especially because the first half doesn't have anything to do with this time mechanic you're like what is this adding to anything yeah like there's this battle happening <clears throat> at the end and like one one side's going f- reverse through time one's going forward but it's all it, to my understanding to create a distraction mm. like why do they need to go i yeah i didn't understand that i didn't and I'm like what does what even does this reverse time travel add to anything yeah. in this story um apart from the fact that it, it there's like twists and stuff and you're like no i i yeah by the end of it you're like i'm not not only am i not really understanding this mechanic but i don't even understand why i should bother understanding well that's it. what i mean it's like that end fight i there to me there were no stakes because i was like i don't i don't really understand i know they're trying to disarm i know they're trying to stop this bomb going off i think but i don't understand why these people have to go backwards through time and why these people have to go forwards in time and aren't the people who go backwards through time don't like won't the bomb be disarmed by that point and like where do they start going backwards through time and you know what i mean it's just like i just didn't i didn't get it like that bit halfway through the film where kenneth branagh shoots his wife in that machine i was like i don't i don't get how this even this machine works like what is this machine hmm. this is the first time we're being introduced to this like what's what's happening like you know what i mean there's stuff i liked um i liked the i i did like the heist a lot the, the where they're trying to steal the yeah. the painting again i wasn't caught, like it was hard to keep up why they were doing the heist yeah uh, i don't even think in retrospect i remember why i think they were trying to just get to a mysterious room in the middle i can't remember it's been a couple of weeks since because there was a painting that they were trying to get hold of but then like he doesn't it was to get hold of the the wife but then he like destroyed it or he didn't destroy it the wife didn't want him to do that like the protagonist but he did it anyway there's some confusing stuff there but the heist as it yeah as it's a heist even as one of those things where it's like from scene to scene when you understand what's going like it's like okay i understand right now they're trying to get a thing from this vault Hmm. And I'm enjoying watching them try to do it. Um, I, yeah, there was things like that. I did like the, I liked the reverse car chase when they take it from reverse again. 
didn't really understand what it was achieving a lot of the time i know it was to get the suitcase back but then i was like no i pre- i preferred the, the car heist mostly because like again the two heists i liked would didn't really involve backwards time at all yeah because it would you were like okay i'm on board with this when they're, they're trying to sandwich that truck with like the fire truck and mm. all of that stuff it's like that's enjoyable to watch because yeah. it feels like a this for, for a brief moment feels like a normal film yeah and i can kind like i don't know what they're trying to get out of this truck because you like attach myself to this scenario yeah, yeah. i can that was kind of what go. i meant was like there's certain scenes where you can be like okay i, I kind of get what's happening here and i can like at the very least mm. attach myself to that yeah um, um yeah uh and I, i'm sure there's like 100 percent totally appreciate there will be people out there who like get this you know what i mean and that's like I'm sure it will make sense. I'm sure if you dissected it, because Christopher Nolan, as I say, is an intelligent man. I'm sure if you dissected it, it made sense. But I don't think that is a, a good enough excuse for making a film that is so hard to watch, like the first yeah, time watching. Because I have no interest in watching no. this again. Because I'm like, I was bored for the most part. And there seems like the bit that really wound me up was the bit when they go sailing together. Right. This is this is right. <laughs> Because I wanted to, this is why I brought this up earlier. Christopher Nolan, right, trying to 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 to, to, to saying it's worth risking going to the cinema right now during a pandemic where people are actually dying and stuff. It's worth risking going to the cinema because he's trying to preserve the cinematic experience. How the fuck can he release a film like Tenet with that sound mixing? I'm not a technical person. Yeah. I'm I'm really not no, a technical same. person. And even I'm like that is shocking. Yeah, like that is bad sound mixing and like unlistable dialogue which you've emphasized so much importance on your dialogue it is so important that you understand every single line yet that sailing scene they are on loud boats they're talking through robotic voices and it's mixed with the score in an awful way and then they start talking exposition, and yeah. you're like, "What is happening?" I here? couldn't hear. I genuinely just didn't understand what they were talking. Like, I couldn't hear a thing. I was like, "I." And then when she pushed him off the boat, I was like, "Is that what they were talking about?" I'm so confused. <laughs> oh, it pushes him off the boat. You don't know why she's pushed him off the boat. He goes and save him. You don't know why he's gone to save him. Then she's angry later, but you're not quite sure why. And he, you don't know quite why he did it because you don't know anything that's happening because everybody's fucking trying to talk over the score somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, like hundred percent. Like I said, it'll it'll work for some people more. Do you know what it made me think? I was like, I wish I was watching this on Netflix so I could put the subtitles on. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so Chris, <laughs> advocate for watching it on Netflix. It's yeah. Uh, if you want to watch, in my opinion, a really good movie, watch. I'm thinking of ending things <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> don't bother going to the cinema. Stay in the comfort of your own home. And if you are willing to fucking buckle in for a. a surreal movie like i would go for that over anything that the cinema has to offer right now quite Mm. frankly um but yeah i I don't feel like i have it much more to say on on tenet no i think that is i i just i I, i'm mostly angry because i do like him i like him as a filmmaker oh yeah but i think if this if this is the route he's going to continue down like i'm like i i don't have an interest well, he's in going to become like, too niche i mean the whole point of him was to be as i say the cinematic auteur that was still making his own films on a big budget yeah but he's going down this road you're like well he's gonna lose that yeah. like and we're gonna need to find a new jesus christ for the cinema what well, it was batman wasn't it that was what like that was the that was what like blew him up yeah yeah like turned him into the household name yeah. it wasn't the prestige or anything like that no. like it was it was the dark knight wasn't it yeah 
It's like Heath Ledger made him a star. <laughs> you know what I mean? As opposed to the other way around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just, just, yeah. Just uh, a, a splash of color would have been nice. Just fucking anything. <laughs> <laughs> some decent sound equipment. Um, some decent mixing. So, Denzel think... Washington's son was nice to look at. He was very and, easy on the eyes. Uh, you know, I mean, it was cool. Sure was fun watching seagulls fly backwards or yeah. smoke, like going the wrong way. That seemed to be the one trick that he kept using over and over again. Um, did you get the the uh, when Robert Pattinson sat down for the first one and he's like, "My friend, do I have a diet coke?" I instantly thought, "Oh, this guy's River Song. This guy's River Song because he knows what he wants to drink." Did you get that? Oh, uh, right. Well, like because like the whole twist is that Robert Pattinson's he's traveling back from the future. Yeah. So he's already met the protagonist uh well maybe maybe okay maybe it wasn't as you obvious. must have been more in tune with the film at that point than <laughs> I he was, sat but... down and he goes this friend will have a diet coke oh, how do you know i don't drink soda water you don't and you're like oh he's from the future they've met uh, before I, no I didn't. okay maybe that wasn't as obvious as i i already by that point had smoke coming out my ears <laughs> <laughs> already switched off um anyway that's the cinema did we save the cinema, Scott? I think we might have. I mean, we definitely disagreed on New Mutants. Well, I even but... I would say that I, as much as I enjoyed New Mutants, I would recommend waiting until it goes on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I don't think there's any the, the, reason don't, to go, go see that Don't go the to the cinema. If it's on Disney+, Plus, I think that's a great Friday night right yeah. there. I think that's a nice watch. You know what? Like, yeah, I think if I'd watch... I genuinely do think if I'd watched that at home, I might have enjoyed it Yeah, more, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. As I've said before, I think locked. I'm surprised I don't like it more, to be honest, because I've said I think multiple times on this podcast since lockdown started. Lockdown has warped my taste in films so much to now. I just like I watched. Have you ever seen Timeline? No, the I movie haven't. Timeline. You ever heard of it? I think I have it on DVD. It's great. I mean, it's not. <laughs> it's like universally panned. I thought it was great quite frankly i actually want to do an episode on it because well, we i, do I, an episode I might it. have some hot takes <laughs> <laughs> sounds um, like you do uh it's like stuff like uh, yeah it's warped my taste in film so much to where i feel like i i find a lot more to appreciate in because I, a lot of the films that we've chosen to watch through lockdown not me and you <laughs> <laughs> um a lot of films I've chosen to watch during lockdown is like is just stuff that's like sillier and Comfort just food. dumber because it's like just in times like this, it's like, you know, you don't always want to sit and watch a I'm thinking of ending things. It's like, you want to just watch silly escapist bullshit sometimes. And like, we've just watched a lot of stuff that is considered crap hmm. because, you know, you have like a few beers on a Friday night and like watch that. And it's like a good laugh and stuff and you have fun making fun of it. But I've gotten to the point now where I watch these movies and I'm like, I'm so much better at like finding the good stuff in them hmm. to the point where I then think it's, actually really great <laughs> like i've been you know obviously gemini man was there but i've talked about how like uh, you know stuff like i watched ghost rider 2 and I, I just was like i don't get why people don't like this i think this is fucking tremendous yeah. <laughs> um and there's just been a lot of dumb shit like that that we've watched um and so i really the whole time i was watching new mutants i was like this feels like something that i would bat for that it's just not do it's like it's i feel like there's almost something to be said for like watching it and watching something like that in the cinema and it forces you to maybe think about those things more. yeah more critically yeah. yeah which we've always talked about we've talked about a bunch of times i think like on the, the, the podcast how 
a lot of times we do find it easier to talk about movies like that we see in the cinema mm. as opposed to stuff we watch because I think when we watch them like me and you like hanging out watching them and it's like always a laugh and we kind of we do you know like we don't like talk through them but we will like you know we'll bullshit and like joke to one another and stuff whereas like and that does take you out of the film sometimes whereas like when you're in the cinema you're just forced to engage with it for mm. two hours and it's like that's what you're thinking that is about. all you see yeah whereas you know like we'll watch it here and we'll be like you know something will happen and we'll be like oh da, 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 and then that oh i'll just i'll look it up on wikipedia and then you end up like reading wikipedia for like five minutes while the movie is still playing you know what i mean it's so it's like i always yeah i i i do wonder if like maybe if that was something i watched on like disney plus on a friday night a couple of beers and just talking shite like probably would enjoy it more maybe yeah. but and maybe i would have saw the things that you saw but that's right now i don't like it <laughs> that's fair enough uh yeah go to the cinema or don't stay no, home no stay at home watch be netflix safe. watch go to work things. but work from home if you can but go out and go to greg's but don't sit in greg's but go to greg's though Ah, <laughs> oh, the world's fucked it's a terrible place right now i can't wait till the cinemas get shut down because of brexit for some reason and we have to do a, <laughs> we have to do like a post brexit like we're going to save cinema again. Well, we saved it so much this time. We did. We've done good. I'm sure people are going in droves. <laughs> right now because of our platform. Thanks to us. Yeah. yeah. Fucking tenant. Fucking. He's just a robot at this point, He's... that man. Yeah. Anyway. Shall we leave it there? Yeah. If the you... silver screen's back, Danny. If you want to tell us how much you enjoyed how we saved cinema... You could get us at Facebook or Twitter at Second Opinion. That's Second with a two. Um, and yeah, we will. I think the next film we're gonna do, we're coming back with the Last Airbender. I think is the the plan right now. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But that's the plan. I think that is the plan. But yeah. you know, plans change. Fucking. We could all be dead from something on coronavirus yeah. related by that point. Like a yeah. big bear. Like a large bus. <laughs> it's the planet. And <laughs> <laughs> knocks us down. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, it, enjoy your J.K. Simmons. Everyone. Enjoy your J.K. Simmons. See you later. Cheerio. Cheerio.